Happy New Year, everybody. 2023 has got to be Europe's year, and I'm excited to be along for the ride. In this episode of Europe is Coming, I get to talk with Coach John Singleton about his reflections on 2022, anticipate 2023. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. It is our first podcast of the year. It's the 4th of January 2023, so I'm still within the Happy New Year range. So, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You look great. You look super <laughs> like you've had like a lot of sleep and a rest by, by your appearance, at least. Yeah, so uh, there are no athletes on the island, which, you know, makes my life easier. They're all in transit somewhere they're, they're in transit somewhere else in the world and, uh, you know, either doing family things or uh, or travelling somewhere. So it's actually quite nice on the island. Yeah, you've got uh, zero responsibilities. Exactly. Daddy's home, but the kids aren't. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So you, we've, we decided we were going to talk about 2022 mm-hmm. and like have a look back over the year because it was a pretty big year for you. Mm. Um, I mean, this time last year, it was Waterpalooza. Mm-hmm. And then, then a lot of things happened at CrossFit HQ that put everything in a bit of a spin. Yeah. Um, looking back at last January, what can you remember about it? So, you know, I definitely remember looking back at uh, Waterpalooza and we also had all these uh, changes, like you say, with Castro going and, you know, what's going to happen to the sport, new faces, all these different things. So in a kind of classic CrossFit style, there was uh, a lot of uncertainty around it. Um, and we were very still, you know, as a as kind of a group, we were still very much in that kind of like head down working for kind of repeating what we wanted, what we did in 2021. So we were very much on that line and, and quite focused. None of the athletes were going out to Waterpalooza that year because they just competed in Dubai. So we were still here and just kind of getting ready for the season, basically. And I mean, how do you think, looking back now on, on the shock news, really, that Dave Castro was removed from his post, how do you think actually that change affected the season? So I don't think it did. In many ways, like, you know, they kind of um, took Bosman, which was, um, you know, a very good call in the sense that he was someone who I think everyone would have accepted that because it wasn't very controversial, wasn't someone from the outside, someone who's very steeped in, like, you know, HQ, the CrossFit. So I think that actually the transition wasn't, it wasn't like this major shift in any direction. It was kind of Bos replaced Castro in his role and there were no kind of changes in that sense. Mm. So. I wouldn't say there's that many changes, you know. Obviously, there's it, when you put someone new in, there are nuances that change. But I think bigger picture, you know, there's there's always been controversy over workouts. There's always been controversy over programming. There's, so all those things are still in place, really. And I think anyone that came on board would have had they'd have been analysed in that way. There's no there's no perfect way to do it just because of the you know the amount of variance that's involved. Really, mm. and they, you guys got um, through the open. Through the quarterfinals, two semifinals, had really great results all the way along. You, you were telling me that one of the things that you did last year that you're most proud of was that you had five athletes at the Games. Yeah, exactly. And so this was a, a big thing for us. Like Our biggest year was actually in 2019, but 2019 was a bit of a controversial year because of the, you could qualify directly from the Open. However, last year, we kind of like in the classic traditional style of things we classified five individual athletes 
it was a big moment because not only like athletes that I was working with, but athletes that are the coaches were working with kind of went through to that individual stage. And it was a big thing for me because 2021 was a big year for athletes. You know, Gabby, she'd she'd gone on, placed top 10. She'd podiumed every competition. Um, so semis and getting to games was like a, a big thing. Like, could she repeat? And she managed to, which was, um, I think, a big thing to try and achieve and show that it wasn't like kind of a fluke. And exactly the same for Jacqueline. You know, she top 20, repeated top 20 and actually managed to win at um, strength and depth, which was a nice one for me. You know, I am, I am from the UK. And so having Jacqueline win like the UK semi-final was a really nice thing. It was so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I feel emotional thinking about it, actually. <laughs> it was a really exciting weekend. She did an incredible job. Yeah, she really executed. It was really good. And uh, she went toe-to-toe with Emma McQuaid all weekend as well. And now she's off going yeah, to Yeah, yeah ironically, <laughs> t- tomorrow she goes to uh, Emma's gym. They're really nice friends. Like they, They're just very supportive of each other, mm. which is, you know, really nice. Very similar build, I think, as well. Yeah, they're, they're kind of, you'd argue, they're kind of smaller yeah. Athletes. Um, I saw them um, at Madrid. Jack wasn't competing, but mm. Emma was, and it was the weekend that Emma's dog was really ill. Yes. And uh, they they were having this really kind of supportive, amazing chat. Emma was standing on the competition floor, and Jack like leaning over the the barrier, and it was really like that. Really showed me like how close they were because you know they're competitors, but also they're really good friends. Yes. And I really appreciated seeing that. It was like, oh wow, these guys are you know, giving each other great support. So hopefully they're going to have a good time in Miami. Yes. One of the things that just made me think about my one of my own personal highlights from last year is apart from actually getting to go to the games, was to be on the competition floor watching Jacqueline on Saturday night when she did that amazing thing yeah. with the sandbag. I mean, I wouldn't, I'd still get chills thinking about it. It's so exciting yeah. for her to do what she did. Yeah, it was just one of those incredible moments. And I think it's come back up because, you know, it's... Um, it's a very obvious highlight from from 2022, especially for Jacqueline, and and also in, in terms of like a highlight of the games. Like you know, it was just such a big moment, you know, seeing this kind of David Goliath type event going down, and and obviously as we're you know, close to Jacqueline, it uh, hits more of that emotional tone. But I think it's come back up recently because it was one of the highlights of the of the year, really. I think it's it's funny when like even though she didn't win that competition mm. uh, that event, it was Danny Spiegel who won it. She, st- people still remember her probably more more so than they do Danny for winning. Yeah, it was like um, the year before when you had Annie come back with the snatch, and mm. she didn't win the event. Tia did. Yeah, but you still kind of remember Annie because of her surprise coming back from pregnancy. So you know, I, I think sometimes it, it's not about winning, but about the the story behind it. And and from Jacqueline's case, you know, obviously, I mean. It's, I don't know what the actual weight difference is between Danny and Jacqueline, but you know, there's a significant difference. And so in an event like that, you just never expected it. And also on the Friday morning at the Capitol, I mean, Gabby won that, mm. but everyone remembers Rebecca Fuselier. Yeah, these are the you things. Know. It's one of those. I think because the story of Rebecca with everyone coming around, cheering, it kind of made, it really hit the CrossFit community style. You know, mm. Everyone's used to that being the last person in a workout everyone cheering on and it kind of got represented at the games in that way so but and you know sometimes it's hard to remember who wins events you know like there's lots of events that happen at at the games and and for whatever reason some are more remarkable than others some have these cliffhanger moments and you can go out and win an event and actually you know it's not that 
not in a in a bad way, just the nature of the sport, but it's just not memorable because you know there's another event straight away. It just was a random event. These kind of things. someone wins this sprint event and it just goes to the next event, whatever it may be. But there are certain events that are more memorable at the games. And then uh, straight after the games, you also managed to do something that you don't normally do. Yeah, <laughs> just get a holiday. Yeah. So from a personal point of view, was twenty two a big success? Yeah, you know I. I um I really like to take this time of year to reflect and um to kind of go, you know, what are the goals for next year? And I think one of the reflections is that that, you know, managing to take some time away. And you know, I look back and I I was very proud of what I helped the athletes um be able to achieve through the you know, through that kind of time. And now obviously we move into a bit of a new chapter for myself, for the program, for was happening, but I, I can kind of look back at that period and be like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm proud of what um, what we were able to achieve. The Now we've been through one year of the in-person semifinals mm-hmm. after COVID. Now we're going to be looking at this new, this new year as a gang, like a huge semifinal in Berlin. And I'm just looking forward into 2023. I'm obviously, it's going to be really exciting at Berlin to see all these athletes, but what, have you got any concerns about the um, about how it's going to be organised? Because personally, I think there's going to be quite a lot of people there. Yeah, so there's. So I think if we go big picture, I think it's going to be epic. You know, because you're bringing together everyone in Europe, all the spectators can come to one event, see all the athletes. So I, I think from a an event standpoint, it's going to be epic. However, there are nuances that affect things, and this is like, you know, are they going to do cuts? Are they, how are they going to do the scoring system? Um, and there are these like factors you have to take into account because you know the males, females, in essence, do the same workout. So if you have heats of ten, that'd be twelve heats of the same workout going through male, female. And for spectators to watch, you know, it, you know, if it's like a fifteen-minute workout, twenty-minute workout, that's a huge amount of time. Mm. So th- there are these logistical things, uh, logistical concerns. And technical concerns in terms of scoring, if they do cuts, how they divide the points, all these things will will eventually make a difference. So the technical things will make a difference of who qualifies through to the games, and the kind of logistical things will make it into a better spectacle or not, just because of um, you know how how fun is it to watch. It's still going to be over the same amount of time, though. Yeah? Yeah, so what's interesting, and you know, again, we have no information, but they've listed all the CrossFit run events, which is America and Europe, as four days. But then all of the independently run events as three days. Hmm. Yeah, which, you know. You have to be a bit like Hercule Poirot to figure all this stuff out. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, it, you know. If you, if you get your spidey senses tingling a little bit. Well, <laughs> so the thing is they all... They've CrossFit have said that all the events will have the same program. Yeah, which is something that we spoke about last year as yes. being actually something we quite like to happen. But then some events have four and some events have three days. So, you know, it's classic. It's kind of classic, you know, is it just that... I don't know. So everything I say now is kind of speculation, mm. but um, but it, it adds up, you know, it adds the question, why have four or three days? And we don't know the answer to that. We've obviously got... We're assuming that we're going to get to Berlin. Yeah. But, yeah, hopefully. You know, the, um, I mean, you've got on the books Moritz, Jack, Sola... And uh, Georgos. So, so we start. Oh, yes, of course. I'm not speaking. Georgos, the uh, Greek. So, we've got those, uh, those little people in our starting blocks this year. Exactly. So, we have four kind of current games athletes going through to next year. 
But it was just going to be very exciting. What about your other guys? Have you seen anybody bubbling that might push um, through this year? Yeah, you know, there's. we always kind of have these fringe. So one thing we're looking at is uh, forming a team. We've always been, team is, the hardest thing in team is organisation. But they brought out the new rule this year that you just have to do the open together. So it makes logistics a lot easier. So one thing we're looking to do is, is form a team. It's going to be fairly last minute and relatively rushed, but... Uh, <laughs> Hey we guys, want to, yeah, we <laughs> do want to, a show here. Yeah, you know, we want to try and make something happen. I think once we manage to to get the people in place, it should be good fun for them. We'll be able to do some cool stuff. But yeah, this is you know, the organization that's a bit tricky. And then we also have some like exciting uh, younger athletes coming through. Hopefully, a couple that we'll see at the uh, team games this year as well, teenage level games. For twenty two, for the program as a as a business. Was a big year as well. Yeah, you did a lot of uh, recruitment. You brought on new coaches. Has that, how has that changed how you deliver your, the training to the athletes? Um, it's in essence meant that we've become more of a team. So you know, back in the day, like the old school way and the way that I used to work was in essence, you know, I would do most things from programming to coaching to whatever it may be. Uh, whereas now we kind of have a bit more of a support network and a bit more of a team. And, and the whole concept behind it was to give more to the athletes in the sense that, you know, it's not just me, but now they might have, you know, a coach looking at this, you might feedback to me, you go, you know, what should we do about this? And we start this discussion. And so the team, the athlete is supported by a team, not just an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been a big change. And um, kind of introducing the structure of how we do that has been um, a big factor. How did, you, how did you do it? Because for anybody who's like a solo operator, it's the hardest thing to do is to scale it. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, the hard thing as well is um, one big kind of like factor is finances. You know, how do you bring a, a full-time coach over to do it? Because, you know, it's just been so many years that I've been involved in CrossFit. And, and you know, a lot of the time, a lot of my decisions were purely based off passion Mm. as opposed to any kind of financial return. But you just can't expect everyone to do that. You know, hey, you know, I'm passionate about this project. Can you come over for free and, and do all this work for free? You know, it just, it's not sustainable. So it's like, okay, so that's a big barrier. How do we kind of make this financially viable for, for the coaches coming aboard and, and giving their time, etc.? So that was a big obstacle to get through. And then the obstacle of finding someone who's good. You know, there's not, CrossFit's a small sport. And also we have certain methodologies, certain training philosophies. So finding someone who fits that and is willing to go all in is not easy. Mm. And, you know, we require from our kind of coaches at a high level is, you know, you're all in. There's no like if, buts or maybes or I'm doing this on the side, doing that on the side. You know, we, we require a lot from our coaches because the athletes are putting in a lot. And so the coaches have to as well. And, and finding that combination is not easy. And I'm, I'm very happy with the, the team that we've managed to put together over the years. And, and really, it was like, you know, it wasn't just like we made the decision, I'm going to form coaches. This has been kind of like over the last few years, we've been laying the foundation to be able to do this. It's just that we were able to realize it more in um, at the tail end of last year. And now that you've got these people in place, you also started to do more uh, online training, so the academy, for example, as well. Yeah, so we're, so we're starting to deliver more things for athletes in, in different ways, you know, like, 
So the academy, for example, is like a very educational resource. So say you want to get better at a specific movement, you can go to the academy to do that. But also you can go there to get information on like kind of a more education information on that specific topic as well. And aside from developing online, you also had in-person camps. So you, I know that you had a team camp just before Christmas because I met them. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. And also an elite camp as well. The plans to do more of those this year, I guess. Yeah, 100%. You know, for me, uh, bringing team camp back was like, uh, was really nice. Like, it's something that I've been doing for know, a lot of years. And, and it was really nice to be able to kind of bring the next generation in because it'd been a few years since we'd organized it. There were two reasons for that. One was uh, COVID and the other reason was it was actually very hard to do things with having like me being just there for say uh, Jacqueline and Gabby because you know that whole week away is a significant amount of time. Mm. Whereas now we have the team, it allows me to do those projects as well. Uh, One of the kind of most exciting things from my point of view is that you're going to have the crown this year. Uh, the comp was one of the first things that I got involved with yeah. you guys, and um, it was it was like an intense baptism of, of competitive fire, and um, I'm expecting the crown to be as intense and as enjoyable. It's going to be in Easter this year, and you're doing the qualifiers now. Yeah, qualifiers are on now, and we made it quite simple. There's just two two workouts. What are the workouts? Um, so they're both part A, part B. Um, the first workouts, so. The first workout, the part A of the workout goes 500 meter row. And then you go into three, three rounds of 100 double unders, 10 bench press. And in essence, it's the same throughout all categories. It's just the weights change of the bench press. And then the second workout, um, you go, there's part A in which you would do 10 muscle ups. The muscle ups vary depending on the um, category. Into max snatches, you have a little break, and then you go 10 snatches into max muscle ups. Weights vary on the category. That's an interesting combination of the balance and bench press. Yeah, we, you know, we wanted to add some, so we wanted to kind of put like a different uh, lift in there than, than's typical and bench has shown up a little bit. So we decided to add the, the bench in. And so when do the qualifiers close? Can you remember the date? The current date is 22nd of January. Okay, so anyone who's listening, if you want to compete, you have to get your qualifier Honestly, by the end of by the end of that day like if you're an athlete under 21 years old you just need to be there like you need to sign up to qualifiers you need to try and get your spot because it is going to be an epic event like we're putting a lot into this and um and we're going to be you know we're really excited for uh for the weekend that's going to unfold yeah it's going to be great yeah and i guess finally what are your what are your feelings about this year's season because Tia is having a baby, for example. There was a few shakeups happening and um, there's lots to play for. Yeah, so I think there's some interesting questions that start to come out. You know, if we start looking at like, you know, from a fan perspective, you go, well, okay, you know, Tia, who is hands down favourites to win the games is out. You know, that then starts to beg the question, you know, do the young guns come through? You know, you obviously have two clear outliers there being Mal and Emma. You know, Mal obviously smashed the games. Incredible. Emma did incredible at the games and followed that up with a podium at Rogue at, you know, 17, 18 years old. You also have Emma Kerry, who is one of those younger athletes but has been out last season through a back injury. She's competing at Waterpalooza next week. Exactly. So it'll be interesting to see and her. And Sarah Sigmund's has come back. Sarah's back. You know, Annie's going individual in theory or, you know, I don't know if it's 100% confirmed. But anyway, Annie's, Annie's around. You know, you have these kind of athletes that 
kind of OG athletes. Mm. You've also got Laura, who's been on the podium multiple times. So you have this kind of, these people who've been in and around the, or talked about in the space, and now it's really, you know, Tia's not going to win it this year. So it's going to be someone else. You know, is that, you know, is it a random? Could well be, you never know. Um, but you kind of place your bets on either the kind of the Malema Young Gun or one of the older generation, say that Laura or Annie or someone like that coming through. And guys? Guys. Medeiros continues his dominance? Yeah, Medeiros is just impressive, you know. And then I think the closest to him is Krenikov currently. Mm. You know, Roman had a crazy year going through travel restrictions, bans, all of these things. So now he's just in the US, just training. And, you know, that's going to... English is getting better. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I'd like to interview him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that might be tricky. Yeah. But I, I would put those two up as the kind of favourites right now for the taking the kind of male crown. Mm. Well, we should put some bets on. Yeah, you know, I, I, it's always fun to do these uh, do these guessing games. But there's lots of questions and answers to it. No, from this test side, we still don't know how many people are going to qualify from the different regions. I mean, that's a big factor. Yeah. Because they're doing this this kind of like worldwide ranking system. Yeah. So we don't know how we that's going to We still don't understand. Well, you know, no one does because they've not released anything. Okay. So no one actually knows how that's going to be. And, and there are so many variables that play in. You know, for example, now Tia's pregnant. Does her score still count towards Oceana and therefore Oceana gets a spot because of Tia's representation when Tia's no longer there? So it becomes this like can of worms. You know? I mean, it's not beyond question that a heavily pregnant woman, i.e. Tia, <laughs> could do the Open and could qualify, have a baby and still go to the game. She's due in May. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's it's not out of the question. No, I I, I have no idea. I, my guess is they you know, should be strongly encouraged not even to sign up to the yeah, the open. Therefore, I, yeah, of course. But I mean, I I would I could see her. I could I could, physically I think that she would be able to do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's a incredible athlete. So. Mm. You know, she's been the most dominant in. You know, she's won every live competition she's done for the last six years. So. You know, she's hands down favourite and best in the world, like un- undisputed best in the world. She's incredible. Yeah. Um, you're going to Miami. I am, um, which I'm very much looking forward Have to. Have you got your flamingo shirt packed? Uh, no, but I need to. But, you know, if, if anyone's listening and in Miami, come say hello. Uh, we'll be there. We'll have a big crew out there. You're going to be um, you're in- introducing and encouraging more Portuguese-speaking people. To yeah, so involved. so one of the changes last year uh, is in terms of our full-time coaches, we brought in a guy called Renato, um, who is Portuguese. And it, Renato is like, um, you know, has a long history of being a great coach. And he wanted to come on board with the program. He likes what we do, likes the style that we do it. And so we're very happy to bring him on board with his experience. And obviously one of the biggest kind of assets that Renato brings, aside from kind of the technical knowledge, is... He speaks Portuguese. Mm. Um, and so that that kind of allows us to be able to work with, with more people who don't have a good grasp of, of English. There's a big Portuguese-speaking community in Miami. I don't think as big as Spanish. You know, Miami is an essence. Yeah, like in America, yeah. yeah. But, but I, you know, I think that there will be a big kind of Brazilian showing in um, in Guadalupe. So who, who have you got going over from the programme? So I hope I... Uh, don't miss anyone out. Yeah, I know. I'm asking <laughs> but, you on the so, so we have um, Sola, Jacqueline, Ella, 
Connie, believe in the female. Um, we have Moritz, Thiago, I think there's Martin, Marek, and we have um, a Masters athletes as well going over. Giuseppe, I believe, is the uh, name. So we have like a big crew of, of athletes going over, some teams, some individual. Did Moritz get sorted out with a new <laughs> team member? Honestly, that has been like this is my craziest journey because we actually have like a good sponsor on board, so the the athlete wouldn't have the athletes don't have to uh, their expenses are covered. But it, it, honestly, it's it's a lot harder than I thought. So, in answer to your question, no, we haven't fully sorted this um, this problem. Hopefully, by the time this podcast yeah. is released, which is next week during the competition, yeah, we have we have uh, <laughs> sorted this uh, problem. But right now, as of now, it's not. Uh, 100% confirmed. Oh, dear. Um, and then you going, uh, Chris? Chris is going. Renato's going. Carmen will be there. Manu, Rumsey, uh, and, and I believe a couple of others as well. So a full crew. Yeah. It's going to be like Chipotle um, big time for you. Yeah, it? should be the biggest e- thing that you eating, do when you go there. <laughs> eating tacos and drinking coffee. Oh, good luck. I hope you get through it unscathed. I've, yeah. heard, I've heard that the Wadapalooza is... Pretty demanding. Yeah, it's just the volume of people. Josie told me it's really hard from a creative point of view because it's so many different sites. Yes, and also and, I, you know, there's, there's so many spectators that it's hard to get through the spectators mm. uh, and get seats and like that. So it looks good from the outside. Yeah, yeah. There'll be some suffering from the inside probably. It still looks cool. Okay, so that's it for our chat. I think that... The next time I see you will be the end of January, I guess. Yeah. We can take apart Waterpalooza and discuss the Open. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be exciting. Yeah. It's come closer so quick. It does. Let's have a great year. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, John. Let's crush 2023. By the time this episode is released, he'll be in Miami with a big group of athletes. So best of luck, everyone. If you are enjoying the Europe is Coming podcast, please hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. It helps the show to grow. This episode was presented by me, Vicky McLeod, and edited by Marta Kandel. Until next time, thanks for listening, and bye-bye. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod.